2: Just follow me, because we need a little
3: controversy. When history reports on the actions
4: of America in the early twenty first century, this will be deemed the age of cops. There's no question in my mind. The way in which America and other nations around the world have reacted over these last year and a half to two years, and I think you could argue. 20, is the reaction of frightened people, scared, scared people. What are they afraid of? In many cases, they're afraid of freedom and opinions of other people. The push for the new American Marxist, the Soviet movement, the Fourth Reich, as I call it, to silence anybody's opinion that doesn't align with the clear, corrupt frauds, Holding power? Never meant to have this kind of power. Power we gave them, and for some reason cannot get it back. It's really encapsulated, not in the totalitarian scum calling themselves Democrats, but in the frauds calling themselves Republicans. Republican Adam Kinzinger revealed in a new interview that he considered firing his weapon on January 6th as pro-Trump supporters were storming the Capitol. During an interview with CNN commentator S.E. Cupp for Rolling Stone that was published Monday, Kinzinger said he was hunkered down in his office for six hours with his gun out. How does that song go? This is my weapon. This is my gun. This is for fighting. This is for fun. Oof, I hope he wasn't pulling a tube in for six hours in his office, running around with his pants down because he's a coward. I don't mean a coward because he was frightened of the Trump supporters. I mean a coward for the way he's acted ever since somebody he didn't like won the presidency in 2016. That's the reaction of all of these never-Trumper cowards and scum that would rather vote for the Fourth Reich, rather put aside every principle that they were elected to uphold because they didn't like somebody and they were afraid of what would happen if their power was weakened So that is why 13 Republicans voted for the Fourth Reich. It's been bothering me since it happened. I understand most people are political whores and whores of all kinds, and their price is normally cheap. I mean, after all, look how you can control people that are abused by Democrat policies, the occupants of the ghetto. You just promise them a little more rent money, a little more food money, and they will put aside all of the atrocities they've had to live through since the Democrat mafia has destroyed major cities and states. But what happened on Friday is not something I'm going to let go because today is Tuesday. Thirteen Republicans voted for the Fourth Reich, everything from socialism to communism to Marxism, but most of all, totalitarian fascism. And this bill is just the beginning. It's the appetizer, the entree, is the reconciliation bill. But I think it's important that people understand exactly how this thing passed. So who are you going to turn to? You're going to have to turn to a Republican. You're going to have to turn to somebody who stood up on principles, somebody you've never heard of. Never heard of him. His name is Gus Bill Ruckus. And I'm probably butchering the spelling of his name, but he's a Florida congressman. He released a video that didn't get out in time to make the Republicans understand exactly what was happening Friday.
0: Although I just want to let you know what's going on here uh, on Capitol Hill this evening. First of all, Speaker Pelosi is trying to put a bill on the floor, which is $1.8 trillion minimum. We think it could be $3 trillion.
4: There's no CBO score, no Congressional Budget Office score. So she wants us to vote. So these 13 Republicans voted for a bill on sales pitches that they heard from the most corrupt, the most incompetent Democrats in government. That's what they voted on. This is the same guy who was in his office with his little gun out, afraid for six hours. The reason that he voted for the bill is because he hates, hates Republicans specifically, Republicans who supported President Trump. So this isn't a bill he passed just because he wants to skim from the billions upon billions that will be funneled through his corrupt district and his corrupt campaign contributors will receive massive amounts of money. This is the finger to the people who supported Trump. This is the payback to the people who stormed the Capitol. And now we've all seen the videos. doesn't look very frightening to me. It doesn't. But then again, I don't think like a coward. If there's a problem, I go out and correct it. If you are afraid of those people that look to me a lot less scary than a Teamster union government meeting where you got a bunch of socialists screaming for more money, more money. I personally think that this guy and the people like him, those people who claim to not be corrupt socialists, I think those people are the people that we need to throw out of every office. I mean every single office. Because until you do, they're going to do these kind of things like support a bill. The ramifications of which I don't think people have a general idea. This government has never made more money than last year. Revenue records Simultaneously, it's never spent more. It couldn't possibly keep up. You've just allowed those incompetent morons that couldn't live within means that politicians 20 years ago couldn't even fathom. You just allowed them to print up, literally print up, we don't know how much because no one checked the fracking homework. And you give a blank check to buffoons who tell you openly, how they're going to pay off their very corrupt base and their step-and-fetch real socialists, real corporatists, and real corrupt base.
5: Right, thank
6: you. Can we circle back to the, your other hand, the supply chain, uh, <laughs>
7: sorry, Uh, On the trucker issue, uh, the Teamsters have said that these truckers should be unionized, should be treated uh, like other stakeholders. Do you agree with that? Should
4: they be able to
3: unionize? Well, you know, we're we're very pro-union. One of the things we're proud of is is how this legislation will create more good-paying union jobs. And I think truckers. Now, you know how many truckers are not union.
4: You know how successful our supply chain was before these corrupt scum shut down the country how the union was a small fraction and losing ground by the day. In fact, the only place where the union really thrived was the public sector corrupt kleptocracy, gangster government, we call the government. It's a gangster government. So now they're going to take this money that Adam Kinzinger and other self-loathing scum pushed through,
3: and they are going to pay off the pay to play system who are unionized have more of those protections in terms of their health, in terms of their compensation. Uh, and that has a lot of benefits in terms of their effectiveness. Look, if you have an industry. Yeah, because
4: one thing that really produces well is an ideology that refuses to pay people for producing well, you know, like a union. It pays a standard. That's it. There's no incentive to achieve, which is why. If you've ever hired people who are a union in this, I mean this with all due respect. The main focus is break time. The main focus is when they get to go home. The main focus is overtime. Because we unfortunately have allowed a system of mediocrity to somehow gain virtue in a private sector that was putting them out of business. Because we like to get things done in America. See, European unions and all of the rest of those socialists, they're more occupied with siesta time. They like their four-hour breaks, but we don't. We used to like to produce, but then again, we were never a nation of cowards the way we are now. And that is the American legacy
3: in the Biden administration and the Fourth Reich regime. 90% turnover, 90% per year turnover at uh, the the larger employers of truckers. Uh, There's clearly an issue with the quality of the job. And one tool for improving the quality of that job is union representation.
4: You know what else I like about socialist countries? If you've never visited one, it's really great. The government tells you what you are and what you will be for your life. So part of me is looking forward to watching mediocrity take hold of all of these scum that voted for this socialist utopia that never seems to arrive. Never. In fact, the only class that really gets wealthy isn't the worker the way America used to be. How a guy could start as a plumber and before you know it be worth millions because he worked his ass off doing jobs other people couldn't even stand the idea of or a bricklayer or a carpenter or whatever. And then the organized labor mafia got in. And they managed to take away those opportunities and corporatize that system and the pay-to-play scheme that destroyed such great Democrat utopias like Chicago and New York and New Jersey, California, and wherever they touch. Now they've got control of it all. And thanks to Republicans like this little girl, no offense to you girls, with his little gun out, walking around his office with his pants around his ankles, like this little, little Self-loathing, vindictive, good for nothing. Now they have free reign, and they're going to make it rain, just like rappers and strip joints. Uh,
8: you can go first, but uh, quick follow-up on yeah, John's question: On when you're reviewing the applications, do you have adequate staff at DOT to review all the applications? I'll be
3: Great question. Yes, but uh, we're going to have to grow as well. And that's one of the things we've been working on is how to make sure we're staffed up properly and how to make sure we're organized properly. I and mean, we're talking about, uh, I believe, six hundred and sixty billion dollars. Uh, make it rain,
4: Petey. Make it rain. Six hundred and sixty billion dollars to a moron that screwed up as mayor. Now we're just going to pay off our friends. Just make it rain. 642 5600 You know what else I love? I love the broadband scam. Am I the only one that remembers when that daily, that moron, not the father, the bald one, the gangster, but the moron's son, the heir apparent to the corruption of the daily family legacy, when he had the scandal of broadband and he just simply stole the money to one of his nephews or cousins that used to put the cork on his fork in Thanksgiving so he didn't poke his eye out while he was eating? Stupid son of a dogs that they are. I can't wait for the scams to really roll in. And how was that Comcast outage today? Six states, bunch of morons running around. I can't, I can't log into my email. It's going to be great. These idiots that they are, Owen and Willowbrook. Hey,
6: Sean. Hey, Sean. When are when are we going to get some Republicans and conservatives to use the uh, communist left arguments against them?
4: Like when they clone the me.
6: That wanted to cut, to cut back our. Yeah, well they, they, they cut they cut back our oil and then the idiot goes to Saudi Arabia and Russia where the crude is heavier. West Texas crude is the lightest, sweetest crude in the world. It burns cleaner. So he wants to cut out the cleaner gas and go after crude that's heavier and is gonna use more carbons. You never hear any Republican pushback on that. Because he's about, he's because he's bad in bad.
4: on the scam. The greatest asset yeah. to the enemies of this country to the third world theocrats and despots and slave owners, the greatest asset is Joe Biden. He will enrich them for the rest of his regime to the tune they never thought possible. Right on the heels of them starving because of American efficiency, he is going to destroy American efficiency. He will enrich the labor extortion mafias called unions. He will make sure... That the illegal aliens that have been transported to red states around the country continue to go on welfare and qualify for benefits we had no idea of. It's all in this infrastructure bill, by the way, that little Adam Kinzinger voted for. Thank you very much, Owen. Welcome to the future. You're going to hate it. George and Moni.
9: Hey, Sean. Kinzinger is going to shoot us, all us Trumpers, in the foot every chance he gets till he is dead done yeah because he he is building his brand because he will then switch to become a Democrat and they'll accept him with open arms
4: well he's already adopting their arguments he's already adopting the Marxist utopian society arguments in virtually everything he says I personally think he's going to swift shift real quick to the lobbyist or he may do the real scum thing and take advantage of, of people that have donated to him and pretend he's going to run for a higher office I hope it's just a big dud and he gets the same kind of turnout that Kamala Harris gets, where if she's not on a table, nobody's coming in the room. Thank you very much, George. Appreciate the call. Mike and Plano. Hey, Sean, you know these 13 Rhinos
9: who voted for the uh, phony infrastructure bill. Their excuse, uh, including this one by Congresswoman from New York, is that, uh, oh, this isn't the Build Back Better bill, this is a natural infrastructure bill. This is actually going to build the Charles E. Schumer Bridge to nowhere. Now, ten percent Repu- of the, the bill. Republican base and, in, and the independents don't support any of the, these bills. It has no constituency. There's hmm. no reason to give a win to an administration that has approval ratings in the 30s.
4: Ten percent of the bill goes to the actual, the old-fashioned infrastructure. The rest of this is a payoff to the politically corrupt. It's all it is, and now they've got money we can't even imagine, and they are going to have a hell of a time. Make it rain, Terry Rogers Park.
8: The Republicans who voted for that bill aren't aren't uh, really Republicans, and they figure they're not going to get reelected, so why not vote with their Democrat friends?
4: Terry, the Republicans aren't Republicans anymore. I want to change the name or get rid of it, and let all the old lady face Mitch McConnell's and their little friends, all go away. But I'm going to tell you what, there's true optimism when you really think about it. There's true optimism when you really think about some of the states that are run by not just Republicans, not just Republicans, but principled people.
7: On COVID, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is vowing to fight against the president's vaccine
6: mandate for private businesses. He outlined today a few bills that he would like, which would include opt-outs uh, for that vaccine mandate. And he said, quote, we need to stop bossing people around. Does the White House any have any response to this? And is there any concern that this could move a state like Florida in the wrong direction?
8: So, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, as, as I said yesterday, DOJ will be defending these kind of in, the, in the, Uh, These lawsuits, these individual lawsuits, you know, we're confident in our authority to protect American workers as this. this.
4: They're confident in their fascistic mandates. They're confident in the Fourth Reich's future. Federal judge declines to block religious mandates for the vaccine. And he is a um, Clinton appointee who was brought a bill, including... Um, lawsuits from U.S. Marines, from pilots, from teachers, from doctors, from thousands of Americans that didn't want the experiment to cure and combat the Fauci flu in their arm. So now you have a politicized judiciary where the judges do not use law as a shield as it was intended to protect the individual liberty that the country was founded on, or the Enlightenment, it will now be contorted into the spear of the Fourth Reich. 312-642-5600.
3: Not only
4: is it the fastest show, talk radio, it's the best music in talk radio, and we've got some of the best guests. Jonathan Vidlak, Director, Governance Program, Founder, and President of the Coalition to Reduce Spending. Poor Jonathan. He's called Don Quixote by his friends, creator of SpendTracker, SpendingTracker.org. He plans on not sleeping for three and a half years. Jonathan, how are you? I'm great.
10: Thanks for having me.
4: So did you come up with an algorithm? I mean, how exactly do you intend on keeping track of, say, $9 trillion by the time they get done stuffing this reconciliation bill through? It seems to be a little uh, crazy to me
10: yeah so so basically uh what we do is it's pretty straightforward uh you know the the, the congressional budget Office uh, calculates estimates for every piece of legislation that you know is is a would have a significant budgetary impact and so we essentially just do the math i mean we take the official government estimates at face value and we cross reference them with the voting records of of members uh and essentially say you know how much how much are they voting for and so uh you know if there's a if there's a gripe with uh with the numbers or, or what you see by any member or anyone like that. I mean, really, your, your complaint is with the, you know, with, the, with the government's own estimates, not really with what you see on spending tracker.
4: Now, how does that work when the CBO didn't actually score the infrastructure bill? They, haven't, they never officially went through it. In fact, it was shoved through by politicians without consulting the CBO
10: yep that's what makes it tough uh you know eventually the c b o will will have an estimate um you know sometimes right as we've seen recently uh we have members voting on legislation that uh you know they have not actually gotten an official estimate for, and i think that that speaks volumes obviously to to you know how much some members actually care about the you know the full faith and credit of the United States but i think uh uh you know eventually i mean obviously this was a massive piece of legislation uh they will provide a full estimate and and you know members uh who who voted for and against it will be uh you know will have their scores adjusted accordingly based on uh, based on the estimates that that CBO eventually does put out
4: now it was estimated that a very small percentage between uh 9 and 11% of the bill will actually go to what is traditionally called infrastructure and it's within there I have a question mm-hmm. for you because you are sure. the creator of spendingtracker.org infrastructure mm-hmm. and the way in which it was designed to be maintained, is actually to be maintained by the workers of the government and the taxes that the people in those districts are paying on a minute-to-minute basis. How in the world do these politicians and their, their workers and the people who have contracts with the government get away with literally not doing their damn job? And every couple of years, every couple of administrations, it's this constant. got to do infrastructure? It's the gift that keeps on giving to the corrupt.
10: Yeah, it's a, you know, it's really tough. I mean, you know, I will say this. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Someone does need to go and, and, and build the roads and bridges and so on. Uh, the question is. Who is most, who is best suited to do that? And I think there's this myth that's been, you know, existing in in the the recent conversations that we've had and sort of the public discussion around the infrastructure package, that the federal government does most of that but But actually, the vast majority of of our spending on infrastructure comes from the states and localities um, and to the degree the federal government is involved, uh, it tends to be you know via block grants and sort of uh you know pushing funding to the states to do particular things and so you know I think that we've been having this discussion as if you know the job right now is for the federal government to go out and, and build a whole bunch of stuff uh, related to infrastructure but that's not how it has worked, and I would argue that's how how it shouldn't work right because yeah. at the end of the day you know it's much better to have those dollars being being you know administered and, and allocated by by again those those localities because you know as you know you know the knowledge about what needs to be maintained what needs to be built and how to prioritize all lies at the local level it's it's impossible for the federal government to have that knowledge and so you know to the degree that we have the federal government engaging in, in infrastructure uh, the, the, the likelihood of inefficiencies and waste and, and you know, projects that, that ultimately, you know, don't don't generate a value that is commensurate with what we pay for them um, just goes up when we have the federal government go in and, uh, you know, go in and, and running the show.
4: Jonathan, I have to tell you, I'm from Chicago, right? So the corruption in Chicago mm-hmm. is palpable. It makes New Yorkers mm-hmm. blush. It's the same three <laughs> scumbag companies get the same contracts over and over and over again so we tolerate it because we're used to it when you realize that this kind of money i mean we're talking jonathan i don't think americans because they're so they're so delusional about money the kind of money we're talking about is staggering countries Mm -hmm. there are countries that never produce this kind of money in a decade and we just spent it in a bill Mm -hmm. when you see that everything is politicized and you see an open fight Between the Biden regime and Republican led, some Republican led, the least corrupt Republican led states who watches to see, does it even get doled out fairly or does he use it the way the mafia uses all of its power to punish its enemies and reward its biggest earners?
10: There's There's been a lot written about the way in which the federal government, you know, distributes funding to the states. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, the, uh, the, the more that, again, you sort of have the federal government controlling things, the more likely it's going to be doled out in a way that is driven by political concerns or other things that aren't necessarily driven, uh, you know, by the realities on the ground. And, of course, this isn't just unique to... Uh, you know, to infrastructure, we see this in education all the time. You know, you'll have plenty of members of, you know, state legislatures who will, who will talk to you about all the strings that are attached with the federal funds that they receive for, for education at the state level. We saw this with COVID funding. There's been a lot written now about, you know, the ways in which COVID funding was distributed to the states was arguably not at all commensurate to, to, uh, you know, the way that the pandemic was unfolding on the ground. And so, um, you know, this is, this is again a problem that comes up all the time. It's a, it's something that has been endemic regardless of administration regardless of party uh you know i was involved myself with a a paper a few years ago that that looked at how this changed after the 1974 budget act and the basic idea is that you know as as the the budgetary process got sort of uh, increasingly centralized both within congress but even with respect to the role the president plays um you ended up seeing an increase in in you know the the distribution of federal grant funding, um, you know it was sort of done in a way that was, was increasingly politicized. And so, you know, again, this is a big part of the challenge. It's why we should all, as citizens, say, look like if there are things that the federal government needs to do, fine, let's focus on those things and let's do them well. But let's not try to pretend that we should have the federal government handling everything and assume that policymakers are going to have the signals that they need to to operate in a way that's as efficient the private marketplace
4: as we're as we're talking i always have a debt clock open on one of my screens the federal spending is at 6.8 trillion dollars it's the largest it's ever been Hmm. the revenue was the largest it's ever been yet it's two trillion dollars short the biden administration will slow spending due to inflation that they've helped create by mindless printing how does it end
10: you know that's a really great question and, and i should say by the way that you know for, before i answer that that the the problem itself is even even greater than that because you know you think about all of the commitments that the federal government is on the hook for all of the health care benefits and other things sort of down the road if you were if you were accounting for all this like a private business you wouldn't say there's 28 trillion dollars in debt on the books you'd probably say at this point there's over a hundred trillion so the problem's actually far greater I, I think look at the end of the day it really comes down to american citizens. Citizens needing to demand differently of the government and needing to have a level of awareness that, you know, unfortunately, is is really hard to come by. I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, you know, when you're talking trillions of dollars like this, how do you even really conceptualize that? I mean, you know, I I, I engage with this stuff for a living, and, uh, and I'm not sure I can even really adequately explain what $28 trillion looks like. And so yeah. certainly, you know, average Americans aren't going to be able to. So I think at its core, it really comes down to to, uh, you know, creating uh, accountability to hold members who are in office accountable, and frankly, ultimately trying to standardize this process through, you know, fiscal rules like we see in other countries so that these decisions aren't just left up to politicians. They're actually constrained by law, and that's something that we don't have in the United States that (laughs) that many other countries, frankly, do.
4: They got it against us, Jonathan. Law can be used against me and you, just not so much (laughs) as it was intended to restrain the government um I've got just two questions before I let you go has the CBO ever been right or have they ever overestimated the cost and the government come in and saved money
10: yeah that's a really good question you know I actually asked the former CBO director that face-to-face and and didn't really get a good answer I basically said you know do you do you all go back and and look at your past estimates and see how accurate they are I mean you know, I think that there is, by and large, you know, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of blame on the CBO. I mean, they have a really difficult job, and I think they do it the best, you know, the best they can with it. I mean, it's a, you know, they have limited information, and and they obviously have a, a mandate to provide information to Congress. But at the end of the day, it's incumbent on Congress to use the best information that they have. And you know, there's no doubt that CBO has gotten things wrong with respect to Obamacare in the past, or the farm bills, or another great, you know, perennial example. But uh, I do think that overall, they, uh, you know, they do the best with with what they have, but it's certainly not perfect, and it's certainly not gospel, and we shouldn't treat it that way either.
4: I agree. Jonathan, do you think I'm too old to um, be Han Solo or Luke Skywalker in the future as we fight the evil empire?
10: <laughs> okay. You're only as old as you feel, right? Age is age is but a number, so that's, uh, that's up for you to decide.
4: He's Jonathan Bidlack, director governance program, founder and president of the Coalition to Reduce Spending, creator of SpendingTracker.com, one of my favorite guests. Thank you for joining me, Jonathan. I truly appreciate it.
10: You bet. Thank you so much. We'll be back with
4: your calls and comments after this. You
1: know,
4: in this infrastructure, Bill, it's, it's got so little to do with um, actual infrastructure, the way the morons who vote for Democrats? Think it does. I love the fact that they're going to target their enemies with it. For instance, how many people have been talking about the fact that it's going after cryptocurrency, mining operations? it in fact is going to um, give money to certain IRS bureaucracies, B- IRS bureaucracies now? This is something it's, it's like they're hiding it. I, and, and, and I want to see the justification that these 13 scumbags who call themselves Republicans, I want to see the justification for how they wrap their head around it. Because the reality is, it is one giant lie. So when I'm getting lied to, I prefer it to be from a Democrat. I prefer it to be from somebody elected by the Illinois Democrat Mafia. And I especially like when that so-called congressperson was elected without possessing a driver's license from the state that elected her, let alone a lease or her own place. She lived with her mommy and daddy, and now she can afford to buy everyone a house with the payoffs and kickbacks for the schemes that normally go on in government-funded projects.
7: Illinois, I am thrilled to tell you we passed the largest investment in infrastructure in American history. This new law will create millions of jobs, many of them in the clean energy sector. This historic job creator invests in...
4: You know, to the idiots, I mean, aside from the ones that work for Sean Kasten's green energy empire that his father scammed Illinois with, I wonder how many of her constituents are really looking forward to having rolling blackouts. Anybody know? I don't know. I don't know anybody that would vote for her. But you're out there, aren't you? You suburban moms. Can't wait to see you. Enjoy the fun this brings you.
7: Expanding broadband internet and modernizing our aging highways, roads, bridges, transit, rail, and water infrastructure. I don't have to tell.
4: Did you know that America is less than 6% developed? Anybody talk about that? You just blew 2 trillion dollars on bribery kickbacks and payoff schemes. And this country is less than 6% developed. The money will go to those mafia hubs that have already successfully absconded with the tax dollars meant to maintain said infrastructure. And in the year when these Fourth Reich members want to keep you locked up in your house, we're going to expand rail where you have to be jammed in a car like a sardine with a bunch of other people breathing on you. With their masks on, though, I'm sure it's going to be much better with the masks on. How many people take the train? Do You ever take the train? I hate the train. Do you like the train? I hate the train. Tom Blue Island.
9: Sean, just wanted to uh, revisit your opinion—not opinion—that's got to be correct about Kinsinger. Kinzinger as a lobbyist—he's—he's a—you know—you have these people thinking he's going to switch parties. He's no good to them as a Democrat. They have plenty of them. His value and Liz Cheney's value is as a Republican bashing other Republicans. If he switches parties, they got 20 people that can do that job. They don't need him.
4: He was elected in the same Tea Party movement that elected the moron that used to be behind this microphone, the scumbag liar, Irish gypsy. He was elected (laughs) during that push 10 years ago, give or take. He has an estimated net worth of $5 million. How many of his constituents, working people, raising a family, amassed a million dollars, let alone five million dollars? See? And they say crime doesn't pay. It pays when you put one of those little buttons in your lapel, the one that gets you in and out of the the mafia headquarters we call Washington, D.C. He will go on to amass a fortune in excess of a hundred million by the time this kid this punk, this do nothing good for nothing who's never had a job. by the time he's 60, I predict he's worth between 80 and 120 million. you want some action?
9: I don't want any of that action, Sean, but and, and where you're right is he's gonna he's he'll run for president and people laugh at yeah. that from the point of view well, yes, he doesn't yes, he doesn't have any chance of winning, but, He can still say, I ran for president as a Republican. He -hmm. gets to keep bum-wrapping Trump. He gets to go on MSNBC, CNN, and make the money you're talking about. It works well. It
4: it seems obvious, buddy. It's also also why John Boehner lives on Marco Island in a $3.5 million condo. Drunk. Never did a day's work in his life. Prancing around like a successful businessman. They say crime doesn't pay. It pays when you work for the criminals. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls next hour. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought
0: for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show.
4: I have a terrible habit. Like I read I news. Say, this looks <laughs> During the show, terrible, terrible, terrible habit. Adam Kinzinger's story that I let off with dropped about 10 minutes before the show started. I happened to pull it off during the break. I did it again. I did it again, Misty. Misty gets mad at me. Because we have a bunch of different clips that we are going to talk about. But I think that the point of this show is that we point out what's happening in real time. See, this is a war, an ideological war. Of Those of us that choose Americanism, freedom, and the circle of liberty around each and every American versus the collective. The collective. The collective has found a way to take away our freedom. We don't have a circle of liberty that's been breached. Now, the imaginary, utopian, altruistic society gets to tell you everything. You see it most obvious during the COVID takeover of America and freedom in the American way. In this buffoon, and by the way, I have never, I could never have even imagined that a dementia patient, someone is incapable of dressing himself as Biden. I expect someone incapable of dressing themselves like Pritzker. After all, he needs an assistant just to get the loops on his on his rather plump pants made with the belt. But Biden, it's, it's an embarrassment. But Biden is the useful idiot for the Marxist mafia. The agenda is, quite frankly, to bankrupt this nation. And it is through that bankrupting process that society will be reorganized, that the degrowth movement of the utopian statist who believes himself to be a god will get to tell you everything from how far you drive, how much you make, and what your career is. Each and every policy of the Fourth Reich is about control, limitation, force. In the Build Back Better agenda. By the way, I think that's exactly the same thing the Third Reich used. In the Build Back better agenda of the Fourth Reich, that was enabled by Republicans. The top tax rate in this country will be 57.4%. This is via the New York Post. This article just dropped this afternoon. It turns out in the agenda, America will officially be the highest tax country in the world. The level of the developed world. We will be the highest taxed in a country that is about individuality, freedom, and capitalism, supposedly. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I said, the hardest thing to take about what we're experiencing is that all of my life, I believed the land of the free and the home of the brave. I believed in the American dream. That if I'm a better person, I will do better and society will be better for it. In a system that has allowed politicians to become worth hundreds of millions of dollars, politicians who've never done anything in their existence aside from been bribed to steer policy, to enrich their contributors, to enrich the very pimps that turned out the political whores that they are. And we just tolerate it. The bureaucracies have been infiltrated. We didn't talk about the story of the FBI raiding Project Veritas for Joe Biden's daughter's diary. The FBI has had the Hunter Biden laptop longer than they ever should have. They had it their whole year, the whole election year. Not one story, not one investigation. To think that we have a bureaucracy that we pay for, that has been pitted against the very American citizen this country is supposed to embolden, instead of penalize, is sickening. So all of those things that we taught when we were kids, that the government was the umpire, They were going to make it so that you couldn't get cheated and that crime didn't pay. It's hard at the half century mark of my life and my friends and the rest of it to realize that those gangsters are the only ones that get away with everything. That the bad guy in this country isn't the political pimp or the political whore. It's the honest man that goes to work. And the worse, the more of a target you are by a gangster government is deemed by how successful you are as an American, as a capitalist, as a worker. They have sold this society the ideology that people are to be limited versus the government to be limited. So we're managing this collapse of the American way. I think that there are areas of the country that still ideologically support the old American way, but when you have hidden in bills a promise of a Gestapo to seize the assets of honest men and allow the political corruption of the corrupt politicians to be limitless, endless, what do you do? 312 642 5,600, what do you do? My answer is that during the, the, the I might as well say O'Biden, oh, during the O'Biden regime, my answer is going to be to limit your production. Because before, I give 60% to the federal government, aside from usury taxes and other taxes that the corrupt local state governments, property taxes and all the rest of it. My answer is I won't earn it. Now, I'm not a rich man to the tune of the average lobbyist. The average lobbyist has more money than honest men will ever make because they're corrupt, and it's legalized corruption. So what do you think the answer will be among those people who have lived their whole life doing well, who had the idea that they would provide a certain security for their family that was more than they ever had that followed those American principles and the American ideology of I'm going to do better for society because I'm a better person. So they become very good at whatever it is they do, plumber, carpenter, insurance, lawyer, whatever. Because what these Marxist mafia members refuse to admit is that the more you persecute people, the less they're going to be open the less they're going to do better. And we are entering a time where we're only 10 months, 11 months into this idiot's stronghold on America. It's a it's a fascinating, fascinating question that I, I really want to ask other people because I understand my shortcomings. Believe me, I made friends with the monsters under my bed. I know that It's a ridiculous ideology to say, if they take it, I'll burn it before they get it. But that's my life. And no matter what it is, I'll burn it before I let the government take it. Because when I was a kid, I saw Red Fox, and I'll never forget this. It's burned in my mind. Red Fox had his entire life seized from the IRS. This was something that was very prominent in the 70s. When the IRS and the federal government said to businessmen and people in this country that Upwards of 60%, 70% of their income was owed to them. Most people don't know Frank Sinatra was bankrupted by taxes at one time in his life. He rebuilt again. And this this story goes on. And it's always been so anti-American to me that the only unrestricted power in this country isn't somebody who creates a magnificent thing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is, creates something and benefits the $340 That guy is the bad guy. He's the tax cheat because he wants his money. Yet the Adam Kinzinger, who takes that tax money and pays off the people that contribute to him, he's not the tax cheat. And that the greedy man, the greedy man, is the man who wants all of the money he earns. And the definition of greedy isn't the political scum like Lauren Underwood who did nothing in her life and celebrates the bankrupting of our nation. So I want to know, are you going to continue down the path? And what do you think the answer is? John in Glenview.
9: Hey, Sean. Can you hear me all right, Sean? Beautifully. Uh, So I'm just wondering, you're a smart guy. Maybe you can help me understand why no one has brought up the fact that we should impeach Biden for what seems to be obvious dementia. You know, obviously the, in, the law,
5: inability. You
4: know, it, well, the how about the inability to to function as a president, or the inability to function as a as a productive citizen? And yeah, then you that, could go that
9: among, among many other things. I agree. You could go I with mean, the fascism. Don't care, one Republican say it.
4: "Political will is the answer, John. Political will. See, the one thing that you must say." about the Marxist mafia. They don't even need a reason to try and impeach and remove a president. And if you realize, they impeached Donald Trump twice. Right? They didn't like the circumstances, and they literally made up the reasons to impeach him. So kudos to them. If only we had a tenth of their drive, of their ambition, of their willingness to stand up for what they believe, as wrong as they are. And these are people that I personally don't ever want to even be in the same, I don't even want to be in the same state with them, let alone the same same room. But I will tell you, I admire that about them. They are twice, the, although their principles are wrong, they are twice the fighter for the ideology that they subscribe to as evil as it is. So that's why. The answer is very simple, political will. John, thank you very much. Glenview, beautiful area. Once again, a victim of political corruption. 312-642-5600. I'll take all of your calls when I get back. We're doing low-T commercials now during my show? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to be doing that one. That's not for me. Because I have the ambition of a misfit Marxist. Yes, I do. I don't get tired. I think it's worth fighting for. And I'm going to win, come hell or high water. Come hell or high water, because I'll burn it down before I give it to him. All right, we'll take the calls. All the calls. Let's go to Mike in Northbrook.
6: Sean, I, I have a humble proposal. I have a way to prevent progressives, the squad, the leftists, from ever prevailing
4: in Who discovered a election. rocket ship.
6: I'm telling you, all Again. we need to do is give all voters – the right to express disapproval with an additional thumbs down vote now you're going to have to sacrifice the jim jones drink the kool-aid uh personality cult you got going on on the right but we can get rid of both of them in one fell swoop
4: so then what's your proposal thumbs down I, I, so let's think it through because mike if you've got an answer yeah i'm gonna do it every so if you voter, say thumbs every down every you mean on the politicians
6: through. yeah you in, in addition to a thumbs-up vote, you also get a thumbs-down vote. So then the office
4: political. is vacant.
6: No, no. The two sides cancel each other out, and you're going to have to live with people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and, like, normal conservatives.
4: That's not normal. You think – listen, Mike, you saw it, Northbrook. You think Liz Cheney and her father and the corruption with what they did in the Middle East alone and the defense contractors, you think that's normal?
6: I think Liz Cheney
4: is a patriot and somebody... Uh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. And that's why we cancel out the mics in Northbrook. Liz Cheney is a patriot. What the hell did Liz Cheney... What did Liz Cheney ever do that's patriotic? Trainee, whatever. Traney? oh, careful. It's Freudian. Sorry, Freud. Slip, but you'll have to... I think I see a 5 o'clock shadow on Liz. What did she ever do? Aside from make billions upon billions... the defense contractors, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. Well, what do you expect? That's a Republican from Northbrook. Yeah, got a bright future in Northbrook. By the way, enjoy your taxes in Northbrook. How's your property value doing? I mean, do you know how to inflationally adjust or is that too complicated? I think it is because it sucks when you do it, when you figure it out. But that's your ideology that destroyed the equity in your home and your property taxes funds it. You just keep taking it. There you go. Patriot, though. Mark in his car.
8: Yeah.
6: Hey, Sean. I just wanted to say that I support the police in the strongest possible way. But the reason for my call today is I'm asking that any police officers that listen to your show, please don't enforce any um, laws or unjust things that are coming down the pike because you're our last line of defense. And if you don't walk away, we're going to be screwed.
4: You're seeing an upheaval. You're seeing a bunch of police across the country push back against the Marxist mafia. Uh it's it's inspiring to see. I've been lucky enough. I've met a lot of good, good policemen. I've also met some bad ones. Um because the one thing we gotta remember, Mark, is they're like human be they're human beings. This is the one thing. They're human beings. Most are good, some are bad. Some are in the middle, right? So it's interesting. Will the police enforce Unjust fascism. Well, there's a record number of bars in Chicago that are being fined for mask mandates. Now, I don't think it's the police that's finding them, but there's another bureaucracy. What I'm concerned with, Mark, is that in this infrastructure bill, it's a Gestapo army of bureaucrats. I, I, I hope, I, I think, I, first of all, I think you're right. I think there are far more good police that stand for American principles. They will be circumvented and they will be nationalized in the future. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And I hope you're right. Kevin, Austin, Texas.
6: Thanks for the opportunity to talk about a solution and how we can uh, prevent the socialists from taking over, the limousine liberals on the north side the Chicago.
4: Yeah, how about you the know, guys that think that north, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are patriots?
6: Yeah, the North. I mean, that, those Northbrook Republicans, that, that's the country club Republican, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they've been involved. They've been winning for you know, the majority of elections forever. But... We still we've been losing our freedoms, and this is what I've been trying to say for a long time: is you've got to get working guys to get involved in the Republican Party. They don't want to do it in Chicago because if they run a bar in their Republican Party, they're afraid that the, uh, the inspector is going to come around and shut them down for one reason or another. You've got to get people involved. I think there are enough. I think that's what happened in Virginia.
4: They had Let me ask you this, involved, Kevin. You know why I love when you call because you like me. Like me, share something. Whether you admit it or not is the difference. You recognize that the brightest future for you and your family was to relocate them out of the mafia, where the idea of a Republican is like that morphodite that called from Northbrook. You recognized it. So you do recognize well, that it, this is time for a divorce. There's no fixing. Well, I, no fixing. I, divorce. I, I,
6: well, I, I came down to follow my heart. I, uh, the, the girl that I married
4: lived down here. She was don't, a smart don't, one. Don't, it, don't, don't, don't brag. It. So but you went to a the, free state and was, you got a wife you're all in love with, with fooling around all the time. I, was, enough bragging for Kevin. 312-642-5600. United States of America. Are they united? Or are they extorted? I mean, after all, what, what, what's the point of calling it united? if you're trying to nullify the state's rights to govern their citizens. I remember years and years ago, I read a book by a Soviet who had defected. He was a professor, I think, in California. And uh, he had predicted that America would break apart into several countries. And at the time, it said, "Wow, well, why, why would you do that? And his his intention, or his, his uh, assumption was that it's within our laws to refuse to be forced. And yet, I can't help but recognize over the last 21 years how much force is in our government, how much force we accept. How can a man or a political party or 51% of the country vote away the rights of the other 49%? Do the other 49 get representation? Or is it just hope it doesn't get too bad? I think it's time to move towards breaking apart. Because until the rest of these idiots who vote for Democrats and these idiots who think that the corrupt corporatist scum like the ever-chafing Liz Cheney and little Adam Kinzinger with his gun out are patriots, there's no getting along. And uh, I still do believe in the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is, they don't get to take away my rights. I'm curious to know what you think. So let's go to Rick in Downers Grove. Or hold on, hold on, hold on. Rick in Downers Grove. Hey, good evening. How you doing? I like your show, and I respect your. Uh... Oh, what happened here?
2: It's their question, you're... like, hello.
4: Yeah, you're there, buddy. Go ahead.
2: Oh, okay. Hey, this is a like, like, what is this purpose question, and and it. Deals with the Constitution and it deals with the Second Amendment. Why is it there? I'm not saying we got to use it. But I'm, but well, why is it there? Why was it put in? What was it to stop or protect?
4: See, but I'm not advocating for that. Do you really want to do what that? Is, no, 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 no. I know. No, I'm but not, but, not. I'm not uh, saying that. I'm just saying. I, well,
2: why did they put it in there? They put it in there to protect against what's going on right now. Because what did I always say? You, no, you got to do what's
4: your advocacy. You got to
2: punch them in the nose. You got to punch them in the
4: nose. I think your other point was more more appropriate. What? is the purpose of the Constitution, is what I have on my screen. Now, the Second Amendment... Yeah,
6: but they put the Second Amendment... Let me ask you this. You've
4: called before, and you do this every time. I have. You do this every time. I, although I loathe Democrats, I am not going to shoot a kid because I philosophically disagree with him. You know the greatest atrocity in this country is when one American shoots another. Aside from abortion. Okay, so the second greatest atrocity. Why would you advocate for that? You think I'm advocating for violence? And listen, Rick, I like violence. You want to fist fight? I love fist fighting. But the idea you're going to stand opposed to some moron, stupid enough to believe a Democrat, and you're going to shoot the moron? That's, the Second Amendment, by the way, was so that America could fight off its government. That doesn't mean that you, pr- you, you promote it or you preemptively do it. The only violence I partake in Ironically, is defense. So don't get me wrong, if the Marxists come a marching, I'm your guy. But until then, you know, it's moronic for what you're saying. Moronic. And you make yourself you play right into the hands of that idiot in Northbrook. You sound like a nut. You sound like a nut. And I won't tolerate it. That that's bull dung. It's legal. It's in the documents. We're united by ideology, not force. That's the broader point. And the states, see, I think maybe it's because you're trapped in that sewer. There are states around this country that are legally pushing back against fascism. It's in our documents. We just need it to not go before a Clinton-appointed judge. So that's Second Amendment BS. By the way, you know these guys who sell that? You're like, the, you're like the guys that were roaming around the Capitol with your big fat asses and your shirts all tucked in and you can't even figure out where to tuck them in. They're in, a, they're in a crevice of your belly button. And you're, oh, I'm going to go push back. You look like a bunch of morons. Morons. You fight with your mind. This was done by the founders. It's a republic. If you're being nullified, there's actions you can take. Those actions are state sovereignty. Those actions are to advocate for a system of two taxations. Two. Why don't you vote on your taxation? This way, all of the people that want to pay their 57% and build back better and let Pete gig spend their money into oblivion as he pays off his pals, you go with them and we'll go with ours. See, that's how it's supposed to go. The idea you're going to sit there and, I mean, first of all, why would you want to fight them in a war when you could watch them wallow that's what i'm going to do i love it i came across a butter-handed moron that was voting for biden really a mediocre person at best very high opinion of himself as all democrats are how do you think he's going to handle how do you think he's going to handle the future with
8: this and when 26, um, to start obviously we're all
7: pretty interested in timing for this bill and the president.
4: Where's the clip about inflation? How do you think he's going to handle inflation? Anybody know? Who who hurts the most when the socialist agenda is put forward? Are the people, ironically, depending on help from the government? It's called a ghetto. The government builds them. Let them learn for themselves. The idea at this point is to run the high ground. I would never advocate for violence. I think it's a moronic thing. Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Good. How are you?
7: <clears throat> Good. Uh just to your point fifty one forty nine. Um I, I know you mean that we we fight it back as a Republican. You segued right into it with the state. I think I think one of the best things you've done in, in the last or coined coin in the last maybe month, month and a half, is is the secession. We are seceding. It's a soft secession. Absolutely. It's as you withdraw to higher grounds and better opportunities. And like you taught me a long time ago. You know, when you move, you find a state, you find a locality, you find a county, and you figure out the politics there because everything is local. But I think the answer is, the answer is never violence unless it's always the last resort, if your family's in danger and everything like that. I get that. But what you do is you take away the ability of these criminals to take your hard-earned money. And you basically window, you take that window, of, of uh, money that you have, and, and just say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to pull back, not going to make as much this year, I've got some issues, I can't work. Bingo. You know, I'm going to just take it easy.
4: Bingo. Now, here's the thing, Greg. Deny them what
7: they need. Deny, spent- them, deny them the manner that they love. The manner yeah. that they love is money. They want your money. Yeah. That's it.
4: I spent the bulk of my life chasing money. The bulk of my life chasing money. And I did it under a system that when you when you compare it to this system, was a free system. The reality is, if you are going to finance your abuser, if you are a slave, do not work the fields. You're exactly right. And then provide for your kids in a better way. So make sure that they break the streak. I do believe you're 100% right in the soft secession. And by the way, the states that this fascistic, feeble-minded so-called president is attacking are the states that are thriving in every instance from the COVID, the hospitalizations to the economy. These states, these red states are run more efficiently and better. And that's a shame. And I hate that because I got news for you. I love, I love, I do. I love Chicago. I love Illinois. It's a heartbreaking decision to come to, but you must make it with your mind because what you do realize in Illinois is that we are the super minority the super minority, and most of the people who inhabit the, the Illinois Republican Party think like that guy in Northbrook, and that's why Adam Kinzinger is, has a bright future in the Illinois Republican Party. Thank you, Greg. You know, I appreciate the call. Uh, Vince in Crystal Lake.
10: Hello, Vince. At least we
9: you know Liz Cheney will be done, but uh, I, the FBI laid it, Uh, reporters' house.
4: I mean, we only there's only one session. I
9: can't, you know. I mean, after you know, the FBI's Obama's brown shirts.
4: Well, it's here's the thing, it's definitely politicized. And you know what's funny, Vince, is that you see that what's happening with the dossier dozer, you see what's happening. And you see how it's been completely fabricated, and you see that people are being questioned, and you see a blackout on that information. And the other thing that, that's bothered me is they've had the evidence since the beginning. Either that or change the name and stop calling them in a Bureau of Investigation. Call them what they are, political apparatchiks to the Democrats. And uh, bef- let me go to break because I'm, I'm up against the clock. I promise I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. Force extortion, confiscation, bills intended to devalue your dollar, costs meant to erode your wealth. That is the economic feudalism that Marxist mafia Democrats produce. Simple. I think the answer is to go where you're loved, as money does. Money goes where it's welcomed. When it's no longer advantageous for you to succeed, don't succeed. Until you can get clear of it, that is my answer. I'm interested in yours, so let's go to the phone lines. Mike in Elmhurst.
1: Hey, Sean, what's up, man? I love your show. I'm uh oh, thank you, bro. You no, know, I I live right to, I live right down the street from the cigar shop. I'm always popping in to try to catch you. But anyways, uh, for sale. You know, I'm closing, I'm a, I'm whatever. 30 years old. I uh I, I was an infantry rifleman in the Marine Corps. I did two tours in Afghanistan. I'm a combat veteran. I work hard every single day of my life. I come home and I'm paying a quarter of my paycheck into taxes. How do the last caller was saying, you know, you just don't got to don't 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 agree with it. Don't don't follow through with it. Don't sit there and pay your taxes. Or no, you didn't specifically say that. But how am I supposed to get around getting a quarter of my paycheck stolen from me?
4: Mike, a quarter is actually not that bad of a deal, brother. I mean, I could tell you some horror stories, but here's what I want you to do, Mike, because you, you fought for the, for the principles of Americanism that are now you are now going to be categorized as a right-wing cook. So what you need to do, you're 30 years old. Are you married? Oh, I am. You need to tell your lovely wife, listen, I need to go where our dollars that I make go further than they do here. I need to treat myself and my money with the respect I fought for and I deserve. And you need to go wherever that is. I'm not going to give you specifically the answer, although I do love beach and a Speedo, so you want to come to South Florida, you call me. Yeah. But I think you owe it to your future because you earned it out of everybody that's ever called. Yeah. You've earned it. Well, I, hey, I, Because I, you I, fought I, for those that, principles, man. and now when you espouse them, you're being categorized by people that they sent my uncles and my grandfather and the rest of them to go fight. The socialists, you're being categorized by them as a right-wing kook when you are the oh, embodiment. Yeah, I've,
1: been, I've been categorized. I, I've been categorized that, you know, since, since the day I, was in, I went to York High School. I had an English teacher ask me in, in senior year when I was going to, you know, enlist in the Marine Corps. Uh, she says, do you like killing women and children? And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You know, these are the mindset that these people have that what we do. You know, as a young man, that was never what I signed up to do. I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened. All I wanted to do was serve my country to defend freedom.
4: Next time someone asks you that, who's a Democrat, say, you mean like abortion? And see what they say. Yeah. All right? Yeah. In the meantime, I would tell you what I would tell you. Take care. Thank you, Mike. I would tell you what I would tell my son, what I've told my daughters. It's very simple. Go where your future is bright. That's a painful statement to somebody who loves Chicago, Illinois. But it's the truth. That's the best advice you can get. Uh, Bonnie, Harvard. Hi. Hi.
8: Um, I've been hearing, oh, first of all, love love you, love your show.
4: Thank you, Bonnie.
8: Um, uh, my sister turned me on to you, so um, not the first time I, I, I can't heard that. listen to John. Go ahead. Oh, um, no, I I can't listen to John Howell anymore in WLS. It's I don't know who he is, time. but
4: I think he looks like Curly from The Three Stooges, only dumber. Go ahead.
8: Oh, no, I think Curly's much more handsome. But um, Mark Levin's latest book, Uh uh, American Marxism, um, Uh I haven't read it yet. I don't have it yet. But he has um, been talking about it, and he says that his solution, he gives a solution in the last chapter of the book, Uh which is to get involved in local politics yourself, Uh, go to school board meetings if you... Uh um, have investments go to the board meetings of the, the company that so, you're invested in.
4: So Bonnie, and, I have the um, book. I read the book. I'm trying to get I I have the utmost respect for Mark. And I have the utmost respect for him as an author. He's written some of the best books ever written. And I love all of that. But ultimately, Bonnie, I don't know how old you are. I think uh, at a certain age we'll
8: be My husband just turned 70. I'll be 70 in the middle of March.
4: Well, at a certain age, Bonnie, you've got to do the best for yourself in the short term. And quite honestly, those answers, I I think it's to retract and to go to high ground where you're loved. Thank you, Bonnie, for listening. Thank all of you for listening. This time clock and the fastest show on radio. And uh, I'm going to be doing this. We have a guest coming up. Then I'm going to take your calls. We're going to solve the problem. A years ago, I had the pleasure of uh, getting involved in talk radio. I've met a lot of wonderful people. Charles Love is the Executive Director of Seeking Educational Excellence, the host of the Charles Love Show, and a scholar at 1776 Unites. He's also a friend of mine, and he's the author of a new book, Race Crazy. Charles, how are you? I am fantastic. Can you hear me? I could hear you. Wonderful. Yeah, sure. That's this is your first rodeo.
2: You know, I'm taking time out of my book release party because the book came out today to spend time with you and your listeners.
4: Well, that's wonderful seeing how you um, filled in for me during the Liberty Hour. I'm not yeah, only giving you one time. thank you. You don't get like five thank yous. So <laughs> thank you. So tell me a little bit about the book. Well, as you know, I spent a lot of my time talking about the culture ad
2: nauseum annoying all the politicals to say, hey, let's win this next election. And I can say this now, because it's after the fact, I didn't know it then, but I was pressing it. And I was saying, this thing, this culture thing is going to shift hard to a, a race focus. And if we don't get on board as conservatives, they're going to control the narrative. And that was everywhere. Milk is racist, left-foot is racist. You know, they're fighting about it in the streets and in the schools. And, you know, the book is basically pointing out mostly to conservatives, a kind of way to push back against this since it's gone so far in a way that, you know, people will embrace it and listen, listen to it and be open to it, and to liberals. that I know you don't, but I kind of draw a distinction between them and the crazy left, you know, that, that they're voting for the well, same people in most places, and you're right, but they, they're getting to the point that they're getting canceled too, right? And they're getting to the point like, hey, when did this train hit me? You know, when did my, my kid come home and, and they're saying that the teacher told me I can pick my gender? And none of them like that, right? So it's kind of like, see, I told you so, but I can't go back now. I want to slap you in the face, but first I need you on my side to fight the left, and then I'll tell you, you know, laugh in your face and say, I told you so. So So that's what this book does. It explains to
4: them. Yeah, my whole perspective is very simple. I'm the liberal. What I will not do is allow communists and Marxists and socialists or or the – political mafia to call themselves liberal while implementing fascism it's been it's been a quest of mine to have people stop calling these mafia members of the, of Marxism liberal when I'm the one that's advocating for absolute and total freedom in, in every case so this is a, a big thing with me but when you say the the race issue it's really all they got um, they keep promising utopia for various minorities yet they keep delivering dystopia, and they keep delivering ghettos, and squalor, and stupidity, do you think that there's an opportunity for people who have been useful idiots for the Marxist mafia to stop with the step-and-fetch Democrat vote, or is this going to be something that is going to continue for the next 50 years, in your opinion?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I think it is for some, but the people who are all in, they're never changing. I don't waste my energy talking to them. Like, to, to be clear, when I draw that distinction, once you realize that somebody's all on board, you know, the full-on BLM 1619 anti-racist, Kendi uh, express train, you, you just ignore them because there's no, 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 no use wasting your time with them. But there are people who, who, who are, I mean, I know some, I have some here at the party, who are like, I was a liberal until Trump, or I was a liberal until the left or i you know i voted for the democrats until then so they are leaving the party it's just not loud enough and so they don't see it and hear it but i travel in circles where i see it happening so i know there's that now will we get enough of them i don't know but i do know that we have to um lay the plan out and put it in a way that the people can understand it give a place give people a home to land to when they leave and lastly reach the people who don't pay attention to the to the news you know those those you know, 100 million, 200 million people who don't watch any media, and they're just raising their kids and, you know, going to their job and living their lives. But somebody needs to let them know what's going on.
4: I've been lucky in life. I've, I had a family that um, had an IQ over 60, and they were more involved in the American dream than others. I also had a very um, big blessing in life. My mother was Italian, and most people don't realize that this country did not recognize Italians as Caucasians until the sixties. My um, mother's entire family, my uncle, my grandfather uh, had a business that was, we lived on top of. And when I would go downstairs, there would be people of all races there. My uncle's closest friends were of different race. I grew up with the um, Martin Luther King vision of, of America, where you looked at people for the content of their character versus the color of their skin. In high school, my closest friends were not necessarily of my race. Why is it that you think that message of character versus race has been lost and the new message of the Marxist fraud race pimps and race baiters has taken the nation by the tail?
2: Weak people. I mean, the message was the proper message to begin with. Most people that we made advances with, through the uh, civil rights movement, because people came to realize that that was the proper way to go, we were moving in that direction. And then, you know, people found a way to make money off of it. People found a way to win politically by creating, uh, you know, factions and, and separating people by race and other things and income and all these other things and, and doing that, and, and it worked for them. So they just kept doing it. They're not necessarily the problem, of course, but the problem is the people who sign on and believe it. The people who just say, well, that sounds good to me. I-, I don't know what normal person would do that, but obviously we see it happening because why else would they keep doing it? If they knew it was going to fail, they wouldn't keep doing it. The Virginia election is a great example. The moment the Republican won the next day, even with a black lieutenant governor candidate, they said, well, white supremacists won today until people wake up and it doesn't work. That's the only thing that's going to make them stop it, because it's their benefit. They're benefiting from it, so they're going to continue to do it.
4: The Democrat Party has been the party of the Klan. Robert Byrd was a grand wizard Bah, whatever those inbred scumbags call themselves. He was also a very close friend of this diaper-wearing dimwit people refer to as the president. Joe Manchin also for a very, very good friend. Why is it that you think so many minority people continue to vote for the only party that has true its roots truly in racism versus um, the ideology of individuality that's promoted by the other side.
2: The messaging is because the Republicans don't fight. They abdicated their responsibilities. They left the community. You know, when I was coming up, I was always a free thinker. I said, I'm not just going to vote for Democrats just because you tell me to. There's two parties. I got the why I'm an American. I want to hear what the other guy got to say. And for 20 years, there was never another guy there.
6: <laughs> yeah right? don't you think so that's those, me
2: yeah, but to yeah. them uh, but to, to the average people in the community i be like well why would I vote for them so what what Republicans don't understand is if you leave the neighborhood you pick up your ball and go and there's no one there that's fine except that the only people who are describing what you believe is going to be the AOCs and the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. And let me tell you, it ain't going to be nice. So when they paint the narrative over 20 years, I'm talking 20, 30 years ago, the, whoever the AOC was of that day, is saying this is what Republicans believe. And they planted that seed for 20 years and you weren't there to say that's not true. Now it's metastasized. So now I just believe it. They're like, they, they don't agree with what Nancy Pelosi says, but I don't really have a choice because I can't vote for the Republicans because of what I learned in 1984. So either, I sit at home or hold my nose and vote for the races. It's sad, but it's true. That's the reason why. And until the Republicans get in this fight, that's what I was saying. I know it's stupid. I know they're not really liberals. I know that this racing is crazy. But if we don't push back against their narrative, then they control it.
4: Welfare is um, the, the raw number of welfare. There are more white people in welfare than there are black people. Percentage-wise, there are more black people than there are any other race. Do you think that the key is always going to be what lures the black community to politicians? Is what successfully has entrapped them in ghettos that the Democrat mafia continues to profit from while they live in squalor? Their education is substandard, if I'm kind, and their services are non existent. Why do they continue to turn to their abuser? for help, is it strictly that they do not have the confidence anymore to get off of government assistance, or is it that they think that is the way to prosperity?
2: Well, no, see, I I have to disagree with you there, because the the key is, we all believe that, like you just said, the more whites and the percentage is here, people tend, because the media pushes this narrative, and you hear it so often, you start to believe it, that the percentage is much higher than it is. So yes, it's much higher for blacks and whites. Which is talking, you know, just under, just over, depending on the year, twenty percent of people being on welfare. So that means eighty percent of blacks aren't on so, but they're all but 96% are voting for Democrats, so they're not voting for them because of the handouts. They're voting for them because they painted the narrative that you that Republicans hate blacks. They're out to get us. They want to keep us off the voting rolls. They don't want you to vote. They don't want you to go to school. They don't want you to read. They, they put you all back in chains. That's mm. why. It, it, that may be worse because at least if I'm voting for a handout, I'm voting for something, whether you agree with it or not. Hey, I'm that guy's going to give me some money. But I'm telling you, that's not it. They're voting because they're buying this wacky narrative that Republicans are driving around in pickup trucks with with shotguns and Confederate flags.
4: That's why they're doing it. That line, you know, that one that came out, they're going to put you all back in chains. That that was so astonishing to me because it was the Democrat that had him in chains. It wasn't the Republican. That was the uh, current president, wasn't it? Uh, it, it? It is such an amazing time when I was lucky enough to live through that time when people were truly looking at other people on their character versus their color. And I was also alive in the time when I watched the destruction of various neighborhoods. And the good people of all colors suffer and be victimized by what is now, it appears to be, the ruling class in the Democrat Party, the criminals. At what time do the people who are good people in these these neighborhoods, in these Democrat strongholds, decide in your opinion is there a breaking point is it the last year is it the kind of crime numbers is it the fact that sooner or later they're going to figure out that the mother of the abortion clinics was a Klansman are they ever going to wake up or is this something we're going to have to just continue to go down the balkanization road of race
2: well, it ain't gonna be an easy one, but if I mean, like you say, you said the last year we had, you said the crime spikes, and you didn't throw education in there. But what's going on in schools? If the, if the trifecta of these three things. They're gonna move people. I'm not sure anything will, but I know people are slowly starting to get really upset and wide, opening their eyes wide to what's going on in schools. The problem is, it's 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 a slow you know, roll downhill. So it's happening in the suburbs more. So if you see blacks push about it, you'll see the tends to be blacks who live in the suburbs. Not because of affluence, it's just because those are the schools they are pushing it at first. So the inner city schools, they're doing it, but they're doing it in a different way. So it's gonna take a while for it to get there, but if they keep pushing what they're doing in the school, this this racial essentialism, this worse than that, this gender focus, this you can be whatever gender you want, they're telling kids that, and then don't tell your parents, and, and all this other stuff, that is going to have a huge impact. But if it moves it enough, will it move it enough? I'm not sure. But if that doesn't, then you, know, you, you definitely have to uh, be concerned about the future because if people won't move and do the right thing for their kids, I don't know what else would move them.
4: It's funny you say it. The original leaders of when I was a kid of the so-called black community, the original leaders from Martin Luther King to many of Malcolm X were, were vehemently against Government affirmative action, government control of 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 societies. What changed? Why why is the new push to have um, government top down control of every job, of every position, and affirmative action be the 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 way of the economy versus the ownership of your life that um, so many black people have become uber-successful, multi-multi-millionaires. Why are these successful minorities so silent in a system that they became very wealthy in? Well, not just
2: silent. Listen to them all saying that they're still oppressed. Oprah Winfrey, uh, a few months ago, remember last, sometime last year, saying that, uh, yeah, I may be a billionaire, but those poor whites, they still got their whiteness. You know. So this has just been trained and ingrained over a certain amount of years, and something else has to break. So you're using logic. You're like, logically speaking, you know, why would anybody want a handout? Or, or why wouldn't you want to build on your own and have your own control? Because when the government gives you stuff, they control you. Why would you want that? And logically, people say, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, when I, when I, when I think about what I've been told, I go back to the same thing. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that, that's a tough one. I can't really explain why is it, is they it all itself? of a sudden just decided that.
4: Isn't the acceptance Except of that, what the acceptance of government mandating your life, isn't that really uh, a, a bigger sign of an inherent self-loathingness? I mean, if you're a proud uh, person, wouldn't you reject the idea that you are in a position that you received a loan, that you did anything other than who you were as a person? How could, I, I, I'm, I have a real hard time with that, and it, it, ultimately right. falls back to the fatal flaw of all socialists, is that they have yeah. a contempt for humanity and a self-loathingness that can never be satisfied. Isn't that what we're really dealing with in the new American Democrat?
2: Well, definitely if you move beyond race, because I'm shocked by, I was just saying this earlier to someone, but I'm, that I was just shocked from a mandate standpoint, how quickly people conform. You know, I'm standing up in the restaurant going to the bathroom, better put this mask on like, really? Six inches difference and COVID's going to kill you? Uh, I don't think it's going to kill you. That's silly. But why are you putting on a mask? Because they told me to. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, we have a, a different breed, I guess, of people at this point.
4: It's a shocking time. But you know what I feel good about? I feel good about the fact that you're out there and you've been consistent in your message. You've been consistent in your career. I wish you the best of luck. And not only luck, I'm looking forward to my book, which you have not sent me even though you have a party. I mean, do you want the $20? I'll gladly send it to you. I mean, uh, you were the guy I picked to fill in for the Liberty Hour. Least you could do is a book, Cheapskate. That's That's the least I could do. His name is Charles Love. in the mail. Of course it is. He's the executive director of Seeking Educational Excellence. He's the host of the Charles Love Show. He's a friend of mine, and he's a hell of an author. Thank you very much, Charles, for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I think it's a character issue. I think Lyndon Johnson got exactly what he wanted. I think once somebody agrees that they need assistance, there's something psychological that happens. And I think that this is an intended play by the democrat mafia i mean it i do and uh i think it's winning and it's a shame because i remember when it wasn't i have been blessed my whole life i didn't judge people and the kind of people they were i think there's far more loathsome rats that happen to be of my race than any other race i just identify them by their philosophy the philosophy of fascism, the philosophy of communism and socialism and Marxism. I call them the Fourth Reich. That's the problem. They have managed to control the society that they damage the most. The poor people that they work vehemently hard to keep as dependents of the state. And yet so few of them spot the con I'm not quite sure why. Rich, Rosemont.
6: Uh, hi, Sean. Um,
4: yeah, I've been following you ever since
6: I heard you on uh, Dan and Amy. Oh, thank you. Uh,
9: are
4: you there? I'm there. Go ahead. Thank you. I appreciate it.
9: Okay. Uh, yeah, my son went to school with you
6: also. I don't want to mention his name, but he oh, was a really? high schooler on the soccer team, and he's a
2: place kicker on the football team. Would you
6: do me anyway, a favor, Rich? Reason- Would
4: you ask him? Ask him if I've changed one bit since 1982. Do you mind? Go ahead, though.
2: Okay. Yeah, the main reason I called, I was flipping the channels on Sunday morning, Uh and I caught Chris Wallace talking to Liz Cheney. So she's looking at him, and he asked her, do you believe there was any corruption in the 2020 election? Now, as a professional uh, face leader, when a person asks another person a question, and they looked down and to the left, which she did. She said, absolutely not. By looking down into the left, tells me that she was absolutely lying.
4: Wow. All I'm thinking about is not only are you right, but what it must have been like to be your son. As the father is a face reader, asking him about all of the parties we went to. I know, Rich, <laughs> how much you caught him in those fables he was telling you when we were studying. We were chasing the girls at IHM. Rich, I agree with you, and thank you very much for calling me. And tell your son I said hello, please. Thank you, Bart in Bridgeport.
9: Yeah, beautiful show as always. And Charles Love was right on that a lot of people don't um, see any kind of media. But here's the thing, and you were talking about withdrawing your support. Well, you can do that because you've done well for yourself. People above you can move manufacturing offshore, or or you know circle the wagons the way they can. What they're doing, and Joey Diapers says, pay your fair share. i got to buy gas. i yeah. got to buy food. It's the most aggressive tax of all, and it hurts the working poor. And we're getting fed up. I mean, you know, I love from it, every political strike.
4: I love it, Bart. I just need more people to wake up. Megan, last call before the break. Hi, Megan.
8: Hey, Sean. I'll try and keep it brief. I wasn't able to come on Saturday to the pre Summit. I was sick. So oh. I watched you. Um... Oh. And it was what I wanted to do was connect with all the listeners. So, a shout out to the listeners. I think me and uh, Teresa on the north side could be uh, founders of your um, fan club.
4: Oh, um, I, I don't know. I had one. Thank um, you.
8: Sean, you're still in your cigar store?
4: I will. Yeah, I want out completely. Yes.
8: So, I'm hoping that we I can at least meet you. You'll be coming back in. Yeah, hour.
4: I'll be back. I might just give it away. I got to go, Megan. Thank you so much for calling and listening and watching. I so appreciate all of you. And that's why the next half hour will be me and you and your phone calls. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after Tom Beck in the news. Number two plank in the Communist Manifesto. Anybody? Anybody? You in the back. Progressive tax. It is a weapon of the corrupt, the political corrupt. It is a weapon that they can use against their enemy and not use against their friend. That's why we have such a complex system. But what these fraudsters, these scallywags don't tell you is that you can pay any tax you want to the federal government, anything you want. You don't have to be limited. All you self-righteous eco-Nazis, give it all. See, that's an American system, voluntary. But you prefer a Soviet Marxism system, a Fourth Reich system, where that weapon is used often and very active against the people. Not only that, there's other taxes, and I don't just mean the sales tax and the property taxes and the usury taxes and the toll system and the gas tax. I don't just mean that. I mean the fact that you are pretending to be virtuous the whole time being very corrupt, very corrupt. That's why in the Panama Papers, who's in there? The Pritzkers, the Steyers, Pelosi's, and all various socialist politicians around the world have found how to hide from the very weapons you've unleashed on the people. Now, Tom Steyer is a particularly... Devious piece of garbage. He's the scumbag billionaire who now is an eco-Nazi who, well, he made his money, hired Greenpeace and other eco-Nazi organizations to protest pipelines of companies that were his competition. That's how Tom Steyer made his money. By releasing American terrorists, eco-Nazis as I call them, on oil companies he was not invested in. The whole time benefiting oil companies, he was invested in. Tom Steyer's got some lessons for you.
5: Look, uh, I have always thought that the capitalist system is going to and should reward people for coming up with ideas and products that make other people's lives safer, healthier, more fun, more productive. Absolutely. Does that bother me? Absolutely not. Having said that, do I also think that those people, when they succeed, when a Bill Gates succeeds, did he create Microsoft? Yeah, at some level he did, but he did it within a system that other people, millions of poor people, millions of unassuming people had dedicated their lives to create. So he was building, you know the old saying, standing on the shoulders of giants. Everyone who creates a company in the United States is standing on the shoulders of giants.
4: You owe it to the collective. That's the soft version of you didn't build that. Tom Steyer has some ideas about what to go, goes on with the money you make. I think it's
5: crucially important. They are part of a system that has enabled them. And the idea that, 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 would, that their success is theirs alone and is not shared with their fellow citizens makes no sense to me.
4: Because you're an idiot and you're a corrupt scum. If you want to give your money to whatever vision you have, do it. You are free to do it. But freedom is the enemy of the fascist. The only system of true equality and the only system that is American by definition is a flat tax that everybody pays. Everybody. From the lowest earner to the highest. See, because what that will do, and various other restrictions on government, the only thing in this country to be restrained from money is not rich men. It is the government that has figured out exactly how to use its failings as a weapon for future and infinite corruption and debt. Infinite. So this is a system that is on a trajectory of failure. And those scum billionaires that promote an ideology they did not subscribe to, nor do they, are doing it to sidestep the very punitive taxation that will be used to forever keep them in a hierarchy. Because what they don't want you to know is that rich people can afford Joe Biden they can afford his inflation, his gas taxes, his numerous other corruption and failings. Because society in this country, in case you're unaware, is splitting. Not because of race, but because of ideology and wealth. And the only people that can afford a Democrat in office are the people who were rich before they got there. And it's about time the rest of this country wakes the hell up. Don on the South Side.
2: He paid. Hi. Yeah, I just want to call. Uh, you had a guy on a little while ago, said he was paying 25% in taxes, and it was kind of rough.
6: Well, uh, first, God bless the guy for being uh, serving his country. But I wish it just uh, lets this poor guy know that when you also got to kick in uh, state tax, Illinois, 5%, property
9: tax, sales tax, the poor guy probably is paying about 45% in taxes.
4: As the as the man who is in the higher tax bracket, in the 40 or 37% or 42%. By the time he's done, he's really paying 60%. And what they've done, Don, yeah. is dumb down a society that doesn't focus on exactly what they are being extorted from their income. So it's interesting to, to watch, and, and that's why it's heartbreaking. I want to get to that kid and tell him, look, before you start to reach the peak earning of your years, you need to position yourself in a place that isn't going to steal your wealth Because I didn't even talk about property taxes. You want to talk about an illegal tax where the government has openly broken the covenant of an ad valorem system, particularly in Illinois, where you are not paying based on any formula. You're paying on a zip code and an assumption of income. It's a tragedy, and it's forever lost because the people have learned to accept it, Don. Thank you. I'm glad you didn't, and I'm glad you tell people. Thank you. That's what you need to do, by the way. Tell people. Wake him up. A little cold water in the face. A little truth slap. Matt Chesterton.
2: You had mentioned a book by a Russian author about an hour ago. I was curious, and I haven't read the book, and I'm more than willing to read it. And if he talked about what he thought the fate of the future of the country was after we broke up, I'd be curious on what European is. And I'd like to tie it into your last guest because his quote about Republicans abdicating the responsibility in the black community resonates with me from a book I read by Newt Gingrich before Obama got elected, where he stated the same thing basically as to why we have blue and red states, because Republicans have abdicated basically Baltimore North up in I-95, hence the Northeast is all blue. So I guess what I'm getting at is if the country splits apart, the socialists implode economically in 25 years. Do we, by chance, get them all back? Because I would like to have electoral victories like we did in 1984. I don't know if that's too much to digest, but I thought I'd throw it out
4: there. Well, here, the the, the author of the book is uh, Igor or Igor Parnarin. That's what I remember. I don't remember the damn. I, I, I made a note of it on my, on my phone. I don't remember the name of the book, but I, re- I, I wrote it. and uh, uh, I, 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 I can look it, it that it's, up. It's very interesting. And um, the reality is the difference in the economy between red states and blue states, the difference in the property taxation, the difference in the quality of life. Is, is something that all people who are prison, in, imprisoned by blue state ideology and a, and a Democrat mafia need to make themselves or at least their children aware of. And I think that's the solution when you have a self-righteous, self-aggrandizing, self-enriching fascism happening to divide the country so much so that we are now to the level of forcing experimental drugs into the bodies of people who are unwilling to do it voluntarily. That's a tragedy, and I think you need to do it. And guys like you will put up a fight. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Don, do I have to go to break? Don, I'll take you after the break. Do I? All right. We'll be back after this. I'll take the rest of your calls. I cannot believe that we're in the last segment. Are you kidding me? I've got to talk to Gorka. I'm going after Gorka next. No, I'm kidding. I like you, Sebastian. After all, who could pull off a neckerchief? Nobody likes Sebastian Gorka. I love him. And I want them there, and I just can't believe it's already over. Don in Bloomingdale. <laughs> Sean, all day.
9: Sean, I love it. Hey, Sean, we're on our own, and what you're preaching is absolutely true. Half my kids are in Texas, the other half are here. Good. And uh, i got to do what's best. i got to yeah. go. And uh, we're on our own. There's nobody helping us anymore. No, I wanted no. to be here when the state turned around, and it ain't going to happen.
4: Good for you. I couldn't agree more with you, and you normally like to promote the term limits. And uh, I consistently yeah, I, tell you, oh. it's like asking How? Joe Biden to stop sniffing nine-year-olds. He can't. They can't. <laughs> Pickpockets don't cut their hands off, and pedophiles don't stop creeping on kids. He can't. They can't do it. They've got a scam that the people who are abused by it continue to turn to them and ask for help. Thank you, Don. And by the way, something tells me you're going to look good in a cowboy hat. I appreciate it, as the rest of you will be back in 21 hours. And let's see if little Pete Buttigieg, the child who's done nothing, has some more ideas for $660 billion his office just got for nothing.